plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, your host, and our program is brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. We hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they have already happened because, as I always say, you are the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. So you have to be the CEO of your life. In today's show, we will be talking about um, the beautiful autumn leaves and the end of autumn and uh, just how we should be in awe of autumn. That's in segment one. But caregiving is important, and we'll, we're going to discuss that in segment two, because it's a really complex subject and the ultimate act of love when you have a family member or someone you love who is um, has dementia or is going downhill and you need to step into care. So there is a circle of care available to help and we're going to discuss it. And then finally, we used to call it writing in a diary, but today we call it journaling. And research testifies to the numerous benefits of journaling, including immune um, function improvement, stress reduction, and of course, self-awareness. For those of you who don't know how to get started or what to write or how do you make the time, I think we have the answer. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity had a wonderful event this past weekend with Santa Day at 5A. And we give our thanks to our sponsor, Mart Hoags from State Farm Insurance, which is marthoags.com, H-O-O-G-S, and also to 5A Rent-A-Space. It was just so fun. And we had many volunteers. Everybody's dressed up as elves. All the little kiddos came and got pictures with Santa, did crafts, uh, wrote letters to Santa, as well as enjoyed hot chocolate and cider and treats and, you know, went home with um, little goodies. So it was really, really fun. So thank you for everybody who attended and you can look for it for next year. Well, the and you can find uh, more information about the charity Be The Star You Are because this is the season of giving. And so donations are greatly appreciated so that we can keep helping others. Um, the website is bethestarur.org. And you can also check out all our different uh, projects and outreach programs there. And then if you go to btsya.org, Make sure to read the book reviews that our teens from around the world have done. It's peer reviewing of different books. And so you get some honest reviews, what kids really think about the books that they are reading. 
Well, so this miracle moment is just to give us a little tickle of fun. It's uh, from Lucille Ball, if anybody remembers that goofy, fun lady. The secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. <laughs> of course, what is age, right? Just a number. So uh, Emily Bronte wrote, fall leave, fall die, flowers away. Lengthen night and shorten day. Every leaf speaks bliss to me, fluttering from the autumn tree. And there is just something so comforting and beautiful about watching the falling leaves in autumn. Uh, winter is just a few weeks away. The nights are colder, yet I am not willing to abandon rolling in the leaves just yet. The sensory, aesthetic, and cultural factors of fall are reasons that I appreciate this system. When I look out of my windows, it is just astonishing what a few weeks difference makes because all of my trees are just these incredible colors. The vibrant colors on my deciduous trees, they range from like golden yellow to rustic sienna to persimmon orange to deep crimson. And they're creating a visually stunning and warm landscape. And the changing foliage transforms the environment from natural to decorated as we enter the holidays. And that's what I've been doing this last week as so many people are preparing for Hanukkah and Christmas. I started down my driveway and then all on these trees, even though they still have their beautiful colored leaves on them, I started hanging ornaments and I put out sleighs and, you know, and uh, snowmen and reindeer that are all going to light up at night. And it just looks so pretty. And I did some colored lights and now I'm working on the inside. It's going to take a while <laughs> because I have so much work to do, but I really I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, you know, that's what the, the holidays are for the kids. And when the kids come to the house, they just love seeing all the lights and all of that. So I have to I have to de decorate, as I'm sure most of you are, too. And within the next few days, I imagine that my trees are going to shed their autumn cloaks. And then I will have even more room to hang those boisterous balls of Christmas cheer on their naked branches. But for now, the rustling sound of leaves underfoot, the scent of decaying foliage, and the Christmas of the air evoke a pleasure that only this time of year can provide. I love watching the leaves flutter to the ground. They remind me of butterflies in search of nectar. And like many young people everywhere, raking leaves into a big pile and jumping into it, rolling around with carefree joy, is just a really fond memory that I have of my childhood. And as an adult, I'm filled with that nostalgia for those simple traditions. So I have to admit, I'm never too old to be silly. And I make angel wings on a bed of fallen leaves. <laughs> and the, the power of nature just unearths the awe, the amazement, and the wonder in such an enjoyable endeavor. Today, it has been uh, raining here in Northern California, and we welcome it. We always need the rain. We don't want the 12 atmospheric rivers that we had last year, but we definitely want the rain. And so I started at 6.30 this morning and just came uh, came in to the office to do this radio show while it was raining. I was absolutely soaked, but there is something about 
working in the dirt, or maybe I should say working in the mud in the rain. And I did get uh, some new lawn seed uh, sprinkled. I, I planted my lupins and I planted um, through poppy seeds. So I hope all of those will come up in the spring. There's always so much to do at this time of year. But our gardens are winding down and soon they'll be taking their long winter nap. And landscapes kind of look lonely and lacking color, except for a few favorites. So if you've been deadheading your roses, your bushes will continue to bloom and delight you through January, as long as you're not in snow country, if it's still warm enough. Here in California, we have roses literally until, you know, we probably wouldn't have to deadhead them, but they always do better when you do. And then it's going to be hard um, time for that really hard, heavy pruning end of January, beginning of February. Oh my gosh, I love the persimmon and pomegranate fruit. They are delicious ornaments. They're hanging on trees as they quickly ripen to embellish the forthcoming holiday table. The ripe hachia persimmon pulp can be used to make a really delectable barbecue sauce. And you can also freeze it for summer gatherings. And that's what I do. Um, I'm Right now, this morning, I picked more of my persimmons. Now, those are the hachias. I'm going to have to let them get all mushy and ripe. And then I will make um, a barbecue sauce. And I and so instead of having, having any sugar or, you know, maple syrup or anything to sweeten the sauce, I just use the persimmons and then do all the other spices and vinegar and things. And it is so good. Now, pomegranate seeds are high in vitamins, minerals, fiber, and antioxidants. So you want to add the seeds to salads. I know it's a lot of work to dig them out and that red color can stain, but it's so worth the effort involved. Now, in preparation for Christmas decor, I am drawn to adding pots of poinsettias to a variety of plantings. Poinsettias look festive anywhere and are readily available in stores. So try teching some samples into your succulent garden, or you might want to combine them with cyclamen and impatience. All of those are available right now um, at nurseries and, you know, even the big box stores. So before winter arrives, just start savoring the fluttering fall finale allowing the leaves to speak their bliss. But here are a few um, guides from the Goddess Gardener, which is me, for December. So change out your current house plants with colorful seasonal plants, and that can include cyclamen, paper whites, and poinsettia. Add color spots of primroses to your front yard. You'll be uh, surprised how, you know, just like a dozen of primroses and the colors that you want. I mean, they have these beautiful deep crimson with kind of a butter yellow center. They have um, maroon ones that have a kind of an off-white center. There's even pink, but whatever your decor, you probably could find some and they really do add a real pop of color that really works well, especially if you're decorating outside. Now is the time to buy a deciduous tree that will boost and boast autumn hues because uh, the leaves are going to fall and they'll be barren. So if you want to know what you, you know what the leaves on the tree are going to look like and what colors, this is the time to buy it. So go to the garden center and find the trees that you want to add to your yard. 
Now you can rake fallen leaves on your lawn to add to the compost pile. And the reason you wanna rake them from your lawn is if you get a mat of leaves, it could kill the grass. A little bit is fine, but you don't want them to mat. Whereas in your landscape, leaves can actually make a compost because there they have the ability to break down. Now, again, um, definitely just deadhead your roses for a final burst of December blooms. And then, of course, in January will be the heavy pruning. You can be eco-friendly and wrap gifts in used newspaper and use twine. And that way you're going to save money, but you're also saving the earth. And when my kids were growing up, all of their presents were always wrapped in whatever newspaper was left over. So that was kind of, you know, instead of going out and buying wrapping paper, which um, you don't want to burn and you do just have to put in the um, recycle or in the garbage, just try newspaper because the newspaper, you could actually shred it and put it in your garden because it becomes compost. Cover your frost tender plants with burlap or cloth to protect them from freeze and wind damage. If you have like bougainvillea or mandevilla, they are frost tender, even if you're in California. And so you'll want to cover them. Now, Christmas cards, if you're getting a lot of Christmas cards, a lot of people just do e-cards, and that's what I do now, again, being green, but repurpose them into gift tags. If, uh, you know, once you have read them or displayed them, you can make gift tags for the following year. Now, again, I've told you before, but I really like planting cover crops to enrich the soil over winter. And the good choices include fava beans, alfalfa, clover, and mustard. What I planted this year is I planted red clover, which should be very pretty, as well as adding that nitrogen to the soil. And of course, I have mustard that grows um, that just kind of showed up. And then I started spreading the seeds and um, it's, it is great. And then when the plants are small, I eat the mustard leaves and then the mustard flowers. If you are going to purchase a tree for a Hanukkah bush or a Christmas tree, consider a living tree, something in a pot that you could put on your patio and then bring it back in next year. Decorate an indoor plant for the holidays if you don't want to get a tree. I have a big fiddle leaf fern, I mean, fiddle leaf um, uh, plant, and it is a fiddle leaf fig. That's what I'm trying to say. And every year I add lights to it and I decorate it. It looks really, really pretty. I mean, it's too huge to move. So why not decorate it? And allow winter's coat of bright berries, which include rose hips, moths, and boughs to be the inspiration for your decorating. I am actually cutting some of the branches of my female pistache. They're these beautiful berries or they're a type of fruit and they turn kind of um, a deep, pinky red and aqua color and i can add them i'm adding them into my decor they look really great and of course pyracantha ketoniester there's all kinds of wonderful berries out there and care for the birds by keeping your bird feeders clean and filled and make sure that you provide a water source and a shelter because you do want to keep birds in your garden over winter and finally, tap into your inner child and do as I do and roll in the leaves. 
And I'll be posting a picture of me rolling in the leaves on my website at CynthiaBryan.com in the blog section. So you'll be able to check it out if you want to see what I like to do in, in tapping into my inner child. Well, when we come back from break, we are going to be talking about how we can be a really caring caregiver because we want people to age with grace. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with us. There's lots more to come. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we have started the holiday season, and for those who are celebrating Hanukkah, it is beginning this week. So wishing everyone a really wonderful, healthy, happy Hanukkah. And for those who are celebrating Christmas, I hope that you are getting into the Christmas spirit and the Christmas cheer. And just remember, it is a time of giving and being kind to others. So let's really try to be nice to everyone and and to care. Well, this uh, segment, we're going to navigate caregiving because when someone in our family or someone we love is suffering, it is an ultimate act of love that we care for them. And it's a very difficult topic to actually 
talk about it's um, because so often when caregiving is necessary, it is because of memory loss or something like dementia or, you know, some other degenerative disease. It could even be Alzheimer's. And according to a recent study by Columbia University, almost 10% of U.S. adults age 65 and older have some form of dementia. And another 22% have mild cognitive impairment. So deciding when to step in as a caregiver for someone who is older can become complex, but it's also necessary. And how do you begin? You have to begin with a conversation. So it can help you determine how to ease the burden of any everyday task and assist with their long-term care planning. Now, obviously, if you have a loved one that is experiencing or you think they might be experiencing some kind of memory loss or dementia, you'll probably meet with some resistance when you bring up the topic. And the potential loss of independence is such a, a horrific fear. I know when when I know people who have had their driver's license uh, taken away because of an accident or something, and they said it is it is just so horrible. Even in this day and age when there's Uber and Lyft and you know other other available transportations, not being able to drive your car, especially if you're in a rural area and you're not in a city that has um, a transportation, it just feels like your independence has been diminished. But some people will welcome help if they already acknowledge that they're having a behavioral change and they don't want to put themselves or anybody else at risk. So they probably would welcome some help. But what are you looking for? What are the warning signs? I mean, all of us, no matter what our age, we've had that experience of walking into a room and then turning around and thinking, now, why, why did I come in here? Or you misplace your keys or your wallet or your glasses. But that isn't necessarily an issue. You know, sometimes we forget the face of somebody. We've seen them and then we forget what their name is. Um, but sometimes those issues could be a red flag. So it's okay, you know, it might be okay when an older person can't remember the name of somebody they saw yesterday. But on the flip side of that, if it becomes a growing pattern, then that could mean that there's a challenge or a problem. And it's too common that we notice the warning signs when an event brings it to light, um, maybe like when somebody is taking too much medication or especially if they're getting lost when they're driving home or even if they're walking home. And experts say there is a marked difference in mild forgetfulness that is just a normal part of aging and signs of dementia or Alzheimer's disease. So I want to give you some signs to look out for when it comes to a serious cognitive impairment or what could be dementia. So these are things that if you have a, a pen or paper, you might want to write them down or at least, you know, remember them. 
So these could be, these signs could be a sign of dementia. Forgetting recent events or upcoming events, or even forgetting appointments like regular hair appointments or manicure pedicures or doctor appointments or, you know, meeting with your accountant or your attorney. Repeating the same question or repeating the same stories over and over again. Misplacing items and misplacing them often. Failing to recall the names of a close family member or really good friends. Losing focus or getting easily distracted. Having trouble coming up with desired words. Struggling with paying bills, shopping, cooking, or any other household task. Forgetting how to do any of those things. And displaying poor judgment or inability to reason or to problem solve. So if you were to notice uh, someone that you love that is behaving like this, there might be some cause for concern. And it might be time for you to intervene, to add support and care, and at least help your loved one get some professional advice so that you know they can have a, a quality of living. It's a really hard conversation. And how do you approach the conversation? I mean, how how does one tell a family member that you're concerned about their well-being without triggering, you know, anger or denial or major defensiveness? You want to start by considering the number of people involved in the conversation. If you have too many people in the discussion, it might make your loved one feel like they're being ganged up on. And they may, you know, they may just kind of turn off completely. The location of the conversation can have an impact as well. It's probably more comfortable if you were at your loved one's home, and that might be what's best for them because that's where they feel safe. And you, it's probably better to plan the conversation for a morning or a time when the person isn't tired or distracted whatever their best time of day is. Um, because if you think that they are experiencing some cognitive impairment, it probably worsens as they get tired during the day. Then the most important thing to remember is to approach the conversation with love, compassion, and empathy. Um, they may not even be aware of it or you know, they might not be willing to admit it. I mean, they may have noticed it themselves, but they may not know that they're experiencing memory issues. And if you come from a place of love and concern and care for their well-being, they won't be as inclined to argue with you. You might want to share what symptoms that you've noticed, but something really important is avoid diagnosing them. Don't try to be the doctor. Just say what you've noticed and then encourage them that they should make an appointment with the doctor and perhaps even offer that if they would like you to go along with them, uh, you'd be happy to so that you could learn how best to support them. You know, and also when anyone has a an illness, a serious illness, it always helps to take somebody with you because 
the person, you know, I always say that we need a warrior. We we need an illness warrior. So we need somebody else who is going to um, advocate on our behalf. So be that advocate for the person that you love. Now, you have to know that everyone is going to hear these conversations in a different way. Some are going to feel like they are struggling just maybe with daily functions. Um, some might welcome the discussion. Some may feel relief that you are offering to help. And on the other hand, some may not be ready to admit that they need help. And they might really address the situation with resistance. And, you know, they might argue with you. So in that case, you might want to bring an additional family member with you and have the conversation together. Again, not ganging up on your loved one, but just doing this together to show that you you both care or, you know, if there's, you know, th three kids in the family, all three of you, or if it's a friend, you might be doing it that way with another friend. And it might take a few meetings. Uh, sometimes brothers or sisters or friends, you know, from church, they might be able to get across the message of concern much better than uh, maybe even the children can. And there are something called geriatric care managers. They're usually a, um, a social worker, they're licensed nurses, and they can also help by mediating family meetings and offering solutions. And again, you could ask your physician about this kind of help. Uh, parents usually hate to worry or burden their children. I know that as a parent, the last thing I want to do is ever be a burden to my kids. And I remember my parents saying the same thing to me is we will never be a burden to you. We don't want you to worry about us. As parents, it's our job to think about you. So just remember that as parents age, they might not be able to share their concern about um, their troubles with you as a child. And they might be more open to talking to a friend or um, perhaps a minister or a social worker or, of course, their doctor. Now, how to get help. There's a lot of options for support. And when your family member's memory begins to fade, the role as a caregiver, your role, is when you're going to step in. It's going to be essential because you might have to provide day-by-day -day support and you might have to make a plan for the future. And in some instances, um, the parents or the elders may have already put some plans in place for when this happens, and that could be a good thing. Um, for, for example, maybe they'd want to move in with a child that's willing to become a caregiver, or maybe at that point they're willing to hire some home care, or maybe at that point they're willing to move into an assisted living care. And you might be able to get a sense of this in your initial conversation. And of course, if uh, this isn't the case, you'll not only need to determine a plan of action for uh, uh, the immediate you know, needs of, of your elder, but you also have to think about the future. And in addition to addressing their wishes on where to live, there are a lot of other affairs that you need to uh, work on to help the family sort out sooner rather than later. 
And these include, you'll want them, you want to make sure that they have a will, a trust, a durable power of attorney for finances, a living will, and a durable power of attorney for health care. And if they don't have these things, it is time to discuss them while they are still conscientious and have their memory because it could be too late later on. And it's ideal for them to work out their wishes, you know, before their memory deteriorates any further, because that's going to give you peace of mind and that you are actually honoring what they want, their hopes, their desires, and then you'll be able to coordinate all of their needs. So again, you want to start by offering to help um, and then Hopefully they're going to let you in and then um, getting if you can get these things in order, that'll give you a glimpse of what other assistance may be needed. You know, maybe they might need somebody to make meals for them a couple of times a week. Maybe there's going to have to hire somebody to drive them to doctor's appointments or other appointments. And also there might be additional ways for other family members or friends to get involved and you might have to ask if uh, you can get some help. And then of course, you're gonna need that professional assistance as well. So you have to find your resources and there are emerging advancements and unconventional approaches. Uh, as we know, there's no cure for dementia or Alzheimer's disease as of yet, but there have been advancements in medications that may help slow the progression of the disease. And most are best used when the symptoms first begin and there's an early diagnosis. So that's why you want to get to a specialist as soon as possible and try to find out what's going out, well, you know, what's going on with them. And like, you know, anything that's new on the market, there's going to be some controversy. But there's also clinical trials out there for new drugs coming on the market. And that might be something to consider or at least worth discussing if your loved one is willing to do it. And as we learn more about memory issues and aging, um, and you know, as everybody uh, as everybody ages, we'll become better equipped to support someone with them. And you might discover that dementia can make your loved ones uh, anxious, withdrawn. Sometimes it makes them um, angry. And sometimes, you know, we, they, we need that opportunity to have a meaningful contribution to the community and we have to help them reduce their anxiety and maybe engage them in some rewarding activities. Sometimes that could be singing or doing the laundry, drying dishes, whatever it is that could help them feel like they're contributing. And concepts like using a calendar to mark appointments could empower your loved one to look at the calendar for reminders about dates. And that might help them overcome the feeling that they can't remember upcoming events or appointments. And then, of course, there's a lot of medication management tools. There are all these pill boxes, um, you know, that have, have the days and the different medications on it. And that might be helpful. But caring for someone with memory decline also involves physical requirements. So there are services you can leverage to help ease the burden on you. Um, you know, there, you're, there's something like, for example, Goodwill 
offers this white glove service if a parent needs to downsize or move goodwill volunteers will pack items for donations and then um, they'll take them to the goodwill center and your loved one will can get a, a itemized donation receipt for tax purposes and that could be a really good option for people who are transitioning who might be going to an assisted living or maybe moving in with a kid or something else. So providing caregiving and support for your loved one as they age, just remember it can be really overwhelming and you have to take care of yourself. In fact, here at Be The Star You Are, we have a little booklet that's called um, Caregiving for the Caregiver. And it's how to take care of yourself as the caregiver. Because sometimes we just tend to put all of our energy into helping the person that we think needs help and we forget about our own needs. And unfortunately, that can be very detrimental to our health. So we have to take care of ourselves as well. But just remember that there are resources out there that you can um, leverage to help you. And they will, you know, they'll help you in many ways. I mean, there's a whole circle of care to orchestrate caregiving. And the, here are uh, just some of the uh, uh, the specialists that you may want to follow up with. There are healthcare advocates. There are medical specialists. There are elder care attorneys. There are senior move managers. There are care managers, aging in place experts professional fiduciaries, there are veteran service officers, financial professionals, and of course, there are daily money managers. And with this all being said, of course, you want to be very careful of the scams. You want to make sure that whoever you're hiring, you vet carefully and that they have the skills, the professionalism, and the background that will be trustworthy and that they'll work with your um, elder or your loved one with uh, integrity and loving care. And hopefully um, with some understanding and by utilizing the resources at, at hand, you can go on this journey with your loved one and everyone can be as happy as possible and live a fulfilled life. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We're going to have a quick business bite. And when we come back from that, we will write on and talk about the benefits of journaling. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you have a vision? If not, you want to find one quickly. A vision is the roadmap to achieving your goals. In order to be effective, a vision must be clear, concise, and big. Some people find it difficult to formulate a written vision. I have found that sometimes visions come to us in pictures first. And after we see what it is we want, we can then write it cohesively. So maybe get a binder and create your own vision journal. Whenever you see something in a magazine or a newspaper that intrigues you, cut it out and paste it into your journal. And now only use the part of the pictures that really speak to you. 
and try to come up with some words that follow your idea of what's in the photos. And as your journal grows, you're going to see a developing pattern of ideas. You are now ready to create your own vision for your future, your company, and your life. This is your vision board. In life, as on the freeway, if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we are back. Thank you for staying with me. My gratitude always goes out to you. As we enter this holiday season, I am very excited for a wonderful, uh, wonderful, uh, festive Christmas, Hanukkah, and whatever you celebrate. Well, when I was young, we wrote diaries or you kept a binder. I actually had a notebook just filled with poems that I wrote. I thought I just loved writing poetry. I look back on it. I still have it. It wasn't very good. In fact, it was really pretty bad. But you know what? It got my thoughts out on to paper. And there are many, many benefits to writing down what you are feeling. So we don't really call it a diary anymore. Now it's more about journaling. But it is such a powerful tool to express our thoughts and our feelings. And it also expands our creative skills. And as I just said in the business bite, you can also do a vision board or a photo journal where your journal, if you're doing it, you know, in an actual journal, would have your drawings or cutouts or a magazine cutouts, you know, scribbles, cartoons, whatever, so that it would be a really creative um, endeavor for you. I mean, you can also just do it on your computer. Plus, you know, studies have shown that journaling or writing diaries helps people manage and reduce stress, and it reduces their anxiety and their depression because 
What it does is it allows us to process and release our emotions. Expressive writing following a traumatic event can improve overall physical and mental health. And Cambridge University has done several studies on it. It also says that it assists in performing difficult tasks better. And I know that after my my dad died, I was so overcome with grief. I really didn't know how to process it. And you, you know, you're trying to be strong for your kids and the rest of the family and my mom. And I found that journaling is what really, really helped. I would just free form, just putting all those, you know, emotions down on paper really helped me. Now there are various types of journaling and they can focus on all different kinds of outcomes. So you can do journals to heal, evolve, transform, but whatever you do, I think journaling is going to help you. Some people just want to keep track of their lives. You know, they want to say, oh, I traveled here. I ate that. I did this. This is what I think of, you know, and that's kind of more like a dear diary method. And that is just fine. Whatever you want to do, there's no right or wrong. But as a tool for personal and professional growth and for awareness and understanding, it is a really great idea to make sure just to write down or to type out on your computer in a free flowing way. You don't want to worry about the spelling. You don't want to worry about syntax. You don't even have to worry about complete sentences, or you can even make up words. I mean, just the very act of writing something down is going to help you process your feelings, and it also helps you let go of negative thoughts. So there are so many proven benefits to journaling, and that's what I really just love about it. And as I said, I've, I have kept diaries and journals, you know, for years. In fact, I'm now the author of 10 books. You can find them at CynthiaBryan.com. But every one of those books started because I was journaling and writing things down. And it's just a good way to remember as well of what you did and some of the funny things that, that you did. Also, for my coaching, I always ask people to write a gratitude journal because the more that we show gratitude, the more we will have to be grateful for. So, you, you know, whatever it is, just being grateful for that pillow to sleep on, to being in a house, you know, to have a have clothes on your back or food in your belly. So many people around the world, all we have to do is look at what's happening in Ukraine or Israel or Gaza right now. And our hearts are just so broken because of all the turmoil and all the people who are doing without. So writing a gratitude journal can definitely have a lot of benefits. It will uh, improve your immune function. It can heal trauma. And it will definitely increase your emotional self-awareness, which will help us to deepen our relationships, not only with ourselves, but with others. Um, journaling is that place you can turn to for your own replenishment and your own self-care. And it's definitely a very mindful practice 
I talk about being mindful a lot here on this show. I like to um, advocate for a few minutes of meditating every day. You don't have to do um, you can just be quiet and just silence your silence that monkey, the monkey mind, and you know, just be grateful. I think if you just show that grateful. And again, I always want to reiterate that there's no right or wrong way to journal. It's just simply getting words down, whether it's on the computer or on the page, you just want to write. So, but there are a couple of guidelines. And the number one guideline is just do what works for you. So again, some people are only going to hand write a journal. And of course, when I was a kid and um, and before computers, I hand wrote everything. But now there's just no way I'm going to hand write it because I don't have the time. Plus, I can't even read my own writing anymore because I think too fast. So, um, but I'm a really good uh, typer and I'm very fast on the keyboard. So for me, journaling on the keyboard is the way to go. You can journal that way and then you can print it out and put it into a binder if you would like. And those who enjoy being online may find some journaling apps um, appropriate for them. Like there's an app that's called uh, Day One or there's an app called Penzu. Those might be helpful. Journaling can involve, you know, long entries into something. Um, it could just be bullet points. And as I said, it could be doodling, it could be poetry, and it could be that creative art that you do if you want to do something like that. It could be the blog that you write. Um, I, in reading some people's blogs, I realized that basically all they're doing is journaling because they're basically writing about their day or what interests them or what they ate or what's bothering them or what they want to fix or what they want to do in life. And, and so maybe starting a blog is a way for you to have an active journal that would be helpful. Now, your journal can be a very creative space. Um, I've always collected quotes. I have, I think, about 150 pages of quotes that I've collected over the years. And I find them inspiring. I use quotes for my miracle moments. I have quotes on all the articles I write. I have quotes in all of my books. So that might be something. Just, you know, be creative. And make time for you. You have to figure out why you want to journal and what motivates you to do it. Because you are engaging in self-reflection in the pages of your journal. And what's key is knowing your own rhythms. Some people want to do it in the morning. Some people want to do it in the evening. And whatever works for you is fine. Maybe you're going to do it on your lunch hour, your coffee break, or on your commute if you're riding on uh, public transportation. The beautiful thing about journaling is you don't need to write for hours to gain the benefit. You can write for a couple of minutes, 10 minutes if you do it on a regular basis. But above, above all, you just want to give yourself permission to write freely. While journals can be a place for a catharsis of emotion, they also allow you to cultivate your positive feelings. Again, lots of gratitude and show the joy. These are really crucial things for good mental health. And you can balance your perspective in your journals. Um, if you are writing about negative things because that's what's activated, 
then maybe when you read it over, you're going to realize that you need to do some positive things. And there's plenty of journaling prompts out there. If you're staring at a blank page, that can be very daunting. So whether you prefer to start your day with an aspirational affirmation or a quote or document your triumphs before you go to bed, prompts can help you be more creative, get the juices flowing. So it's like you might have a prompt of what would happen if, or I'm looking forward to, right now I notice, or my favorite memory is. And, you know, there's just so many, many things. But get into the journaling habit and choose a format that works for you, whether it's a notebook or a computer, and commit to a specific time for journaling and try to do it every day. And the most, the best way to start is just to start. And think of journaling as a safe space. No one has to ever read what you write. A journal is for you. It's private. It is Dear Diary. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Network. We come to you live and this show is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope that we're giving you positive information so that you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information, to get involved with the charity or make a donation, visit bethestarur.org. For more information or get coaching or to buy any of my books, go to cynthiabryan.com. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I want you to see beyond your physical being and know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate this moment of your life. And until we celebrate next week right here on the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and make it a great week. And happy Hanukkah and happy holidays. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.